Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, that was so helpful, it choked Brother Paul up. He's going to stay on the firing line. Amen. Praise God. Good singing tonight. Appreciate the good congregational singing and uh, good to be in the house of God. And uh, had a good day. Uh, I mentioned yesterday visitation. I think we handed out over 500 invitation cards and and Brother Foy was out yesterday and led a man to the Lord and uh, that's a blessing. And you know it's uh, again uh, becoming more, I, won't, I don't know if I'll use the word hostile yet, a little bit of hostility. People don't want you knocking on the door. You know, we get run into more neighborhoods with no soliciting signs and uh, things of that nature. But, I mean, that's just where we are. And so, you know, uh, the disciples faced that when Jesus was on the earth. He told them, he said, just knock the dust off your feet and move on. And so, uh, again, can't do anything about that. We can do our part. We're not, we're not responsible for... The salvation, we're responsible for the labor. And uh, I'm thankful God's still saving sinners. And uh, had a good number on the buses this morning. And uh, so I just say this, God sure is good. And uh, I told the choir in the choir room, I said, you know, I said, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm getting more stubborn as I get older. And uh, I see I see some e-churches changing. And uh, I've just, I just decided... I'm just going to dig my heels in, and uh, I, I see churches that uh, have have stood on what's right for a long time, and some of them haven't compromised. It's just uh, it's just seeing that there's some churches that you thought were always going to be the, the 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 captain, so to speak. I don't even know if I want to use that word. Uh, we're just seeing a lot of lot of deadness, and. Uh, I want God to do something in these last days. And we've seen it. I'm thankful over the years we've seen God do some pretty amazing things around here. And, uh, and uh, again, I want to see it again. And I believe he is coming. And so uh, uh, I, I know this. I've, I've studied a lot about revival. I've been in revival, not just meetings, but where God was moving. Uh, and I'm convinced, again, that it, it comes down to a couple things. Repentance. And prayer. Yes, sir. Amen. Doesn't matter who's preaching. Doesn't matter who's singing. Repentance and prayer. Yes. The, the two things that honestly we probably as Christians are the worst at. Come on. Yeah. Right? So, why don't you turn Ezekiel 37 tonight if you would. Ezekiel 37. And uh, this will be a very familiar passage to you, I'm sure. I want to read down through verse number 15 and uh, again verse number 1 Ezekiel 37 the Bible said the hand of the Lord was upon me now I'll say this that that right there encourages me to start with right I mean you, you can't really do anything unless the hand of the Lord's on you everything else just uh, spinning our wheels the Bible said carried me out in, in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Now, we know, spiritually speaking, the valley's not where you want to be. It's not the high point. It's not the pinnacle of the Christian experience. And the Bible said, verse 2, calls me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. 
And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Well, I could say this. We'll just say, with God, all things are possible. So we could really close in prayer and just go home, right? Because the question is, can these bones live? Yes, they can. With God, all things are possible. And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Now we know this, you go back to the book of Genesis and man did not have life until God breathed into him. So it seems to me that, and by the way, if you don't have breath, how many long are you going to be dead? So when I see breath, I, I, I know that we're looking at the symbolism of the Spirit of God. And, and the Bible said, uh, uh, hear the word of the Lord. Notice that the Bible says, first of all, that the word has got to be first, right? Then, thus saith the Lord unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen. See, that, that's what revival's all about. It's not even about, you know, having, having a good meeting. It's not about how I feel. It's not necessarily about uh, releasing burdens from me. It is so that we'll know He's the Lord. And he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And by the way, let me say this, uh, preachers. That's what we're to do. Preach as I'm commanded, not, not what I'm told to preach, not what I think I should preach, but what God tells me to preach, right? In the same way. And uh, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them all, uh, above. Notice this, but there was no breath in them. See, may I say tonight, there's a lot of churches. They appear to have everything clicking. They got the programs. And I, listen, I'm all for organization. I, I, I believe in it. God, God is a God of order, right? And I, I've been around some preachers and you know, it's like, well, I'm just going to open my mouth and let God feel it, and you can tell. You can tell they spent no time in the Word of God, no time preparing. It's just like, I'm, I'm going I'm to get me a, a, a passage, and I'm going to run with it, and you can tell. But I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we program so much that we think that we're clicking along, and I think the soul winning program ought to have an order to it, and the bus ministry and the choir and all that should have an order to it. But that doesn't mean you're having a revival. That doesn't mean God's doing something. And so here, all the bones were put together where they should be, but the Bible said, but there was no breath in verse number 8. And then said he unto me, prophesied in verse 9, under the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So a church cannot have life without the Spirit of God, without the breath of God. An individual cannot have life without the breath of God. So I prophesied in verse 10, and he commanded me, and the, the breath came into them, and they lived. And stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. 
Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, uh, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. And therefore, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Uh, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying. So here, Ezekiel, we start in verse 1, and we see that the hand of God was on him. And uh, according to some commentators, you've heard messages on this scripture, I'm sure, and some commentators, the, the vision in the valley of dry bones may re refer to several different things. Now, again, I, I understand this, and I, I've said this several times over the last several weeks, we're not dealing in replacement theology. The, we understand that here the, the, the Ezekiel is prophesying about the return of God's people to Israel. But also they were scattered and he brought them together. Well, there's a, there is an uh, illustration here and there is a spiritual application that we can use out of this scripture and the, the dryness that we see today. And, and so we understand that it is a picture of revival. It's a parable of the spiritual, spiritually dead living again. And in the spiritual atmosphere we live, it is still possible for there to be spiritual life. Now, now we're, if we're not careful, what happens is, we, again, we don't pray. We don't preach in our churches. We, we don't want the, the Spirit of God, the, the real Holy Spirit of God. We, we, we want this atmosphere of worship without the preparation for worship. And so what, we, what we've had to do in, in the church is we've had to go to secular means to stir up the flesh because we've not made preparations in many churches to have a spiritual move of God. And so we have to have this kind of music and we have to, and you'll notice uh, that even the, the style of preaching is changing to be more about self-help and, and uh encouraging, edifying, and I understand we need that, but that's what it's all geared toward because we, we don't want people leaving, we, and so there's no conviction. The Holy Spirit is not convicting because we're not preaching the whole counsel of God. And so there's deadness among the brethren. It's where we are. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful in our church, you know, uh, I, I'd like to see more of it, but I'm thankful we don't go to church and everybody's just looking at me like, a calf at a new gate. I mean, you know, there ought to be some spiritual awakening that takes place. And I'm glad our choir's not dead, and I'm glad our music's not dead. And I, I'm not going to get up here and sit on a stool and give you a dissertation about something. I, there's a difference between Brother Marty teaching and preaching. I like teaching, but I like it in the Sunday school class. And preaching has to deal with making, putting out, a, putting out a call to action. Right? Preaching is. You've got to do something with the Word of God. Teaching is intellectual knowledge of the Word of God. Preaching is, here is here's the Word of God. What are you going to do with it? And so this deadness that is happening among Christianity, we're having to, we're having to, to, to uh, plug in to a new style of worship that is, that is, not, that is not scriptural. So what I'm saying tonight is, 
the, the question is asked in verse 3, can these bone li- bones live? And Ezekiel answered, he said, oh Lord God, thou knowest. So it's not that God was taken off guard. God was asking Ezekiel to examine the condition and to have faith that God could resurrect those dead bones. Well, that's what he's asking us today. That's, that's our theme. Let's find out. Let's stop talking about theory. You want to see God move? Let's find out. But here's the thing. It's going to take God's people getting serious with God. Right? I, I want to see it. I mean, I, listen, I'd love to see God move in and, and do some things uh, uh, that we've seen in times of old. And I'd love to see souls saved every sun, Sunday and every Sunday. I'd love to see the buses full. I'd love to see the choir loft. I'd love to see all that. I'd like to see people down the altar in five and six deep. But I'm not going, we're not conjuring it up. We're not promoting it. We, we've got to do the work to invite the breath and the presence of God. And so in this scripture, I want to show you a few things. Number one is the rebellion of the people. In verse 1 and 2, the Bible said, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of, uh, uh, full of bones. N- notice in verse 2, Caused me to pass by them uh, round about, and behold, there were very many. In the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. So notice a couple things that that, that first of all, there was they, they are departed. There was a departation from God. And, and anytime you get away from God, it, it's not upwards, it's always downward. These bones were not found on the mountaintop, they were found in the valley. And, and if you go in the spiritual valley, I'm thankful there's some growth there, right? That, that, that's where we grow, but listen to me. That's also where a lot of Christians go to die spiritually. There's a lot of carnage. There's a lot of heaps in the valley because people were not willing to make the climb back up the mountain. Right? And so they had rebelled against God, the Israelites had, and they were, they were in bondage. Well, that's where we are today. We're, we're asking God to do things in this nation, and we've already told him we don't want him. We're asking him to do things in the church when we've programmed him out. We, we think, well, we'll just drop our standards and our convictions and we're going to do it the new way so people will come. But, friend, that's not inviting God. And so they're in the valley, not the mountaintop. And you've been there and I have too. And you may be there tonight. I'm, I'm in, I've been on the mountaintop, but I'm in the valley tonight. Well, if you're not careful, you'll end up as dry bones. And the Bible said here they were full of bones, right? It wasn't a few, it was a great number. And I say as we look across the landscape of Christianity, that's the vastness of where we're at. There's not, now I'm thankful there are some pockets of God moving, but for the most part, Christians are going through the motions, Brother Mark. They don't care about God doing anything. They just want to log their time clock of Christianity and say, bam, I went to church for an hour this morning. God, leave me alone the rest of the week. Right? I don't want to pray unless something bad's going on. Then I'm probably not going to pray. I'm going to put me a post out and ask everybody else to pray. Right? I don't, Brother Adam, I don't want to do the work. I want somebody else to do the work for me. Right? I'm not against asking people to pray for you. but let, I, I'm just, I know... I, But don't be spiritually lazy 
that you won't pray for yourself and pray for others and you're asking other people to do the heavy lifting for you. Let me say this. Sunday morning before Sunday school, I'm not, now I'm not the Holy Spirit, I'm not telling you what to do. But it sure would be good if people start getting around this altar praying for the service. And I'm thankful for the men that come back in my office before the evening service to pray. And by the way, fellas, you're all welcome. You say, well, I'll forget. Well, put a reminder. You carry that little pocket computer everywhere you go. Put something that you don't mind it going off in church. Praise God, have an alarm says prayer room. But we don't want to do the work. You want, you want the choir to hit on all cylinders. Right? You know why? Why they do? Because they do the work. You want me to preach my guts out three times a week. I got to do the work. But see, you got to do the work. I, we can't carry God in here on, in a suitcase and say, okay, God, do your thing. It's going to come when God's people, and if we don't do the work, what happens is we end up in the valley of dry bones. And so they had departed, but here, notice they were dry. Well, that, that's very significant because... They were bleached by long exposure, listen to this, to the elements. The longer you are exposed to the elements of this world, the drier you get. Can I say this? I probably ought to say it on Sunday morning, but you can help me with it. One of the most important times of a service is the altar call. And there shouldn't be 50 people. Now, I understand when you have kids, and I understand that. But that's not the time for a mass exodus to the bathroom. Don't get up in the choir saying, you get up in the choir saying, fellowship time instead of standing back talking about flowers and, you know, the ball games, whatever, go to the bathroom in, during fellowship time. There's something about there's there's something about this, and again, I, I know every once in a while I've been doing this long enough, oh Shane. It's not everybody, but we we get a little bit out of sorts, right? We get unfocused. We don't realize there may be somebody that needs to get some things right with God, and that little bit of commotion, the devil can use that to distract. Where are they going? Oh, I need to go to the bathroom too, right? We've got to be careful. Because, see, the thing is, if and the, the more we're exposed to elements out there of this world, the less sensitive we are when we come here. Right? I mean, I mean, you know, so I wanna I wanna stay plugged in, and as these bones were separated. The elements remove the life-giving nutrients they need to stay alive. And the farther you are away from God and the more you stay out in the elements, the more that you're exposed to the elements, the more of the life-giving nutrients that you need to grow spiritually is gone. And you end up as dry bones, right? And so the longer we're away from the Lord, the drier we get spiritually. They were dry, but knows this. The Bible said in verse uh, uh, 1, they're full of bones. And 
caused me to pass them, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Verse 3 said, can these bones live? Well, again, Brother Russell, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I know if, if the Lord says, can they live, that must mean they're what? You, you didn't come for Bible class 101. I mean, I'm just, I'm basic, I'm pretty elementary, but I know if something's dead, he said, can they live? They were, they were dead. There was no life in them. They were dried up. Can I ask you something? Is that you? I mean, individually, spiritually, are you dead and dried up because you, you've not spent time with God? You've not, you've not prayed? You've not spent time in your Bible? You, you've, you've been gone from church more than you've been in church? I mean, it, it affects you. You say, I, listen, I, I know you people say, well, you, you can be a Christian and not go to church. You can, but you can't be a good one. Say, well, that's judgmental. Well, we said this morning, Hebrews 10, 25. We're not forsake assembling ourselves together. So if God tells us not to forsake it, and we do forsake it, to him that knoweth do good, doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you love me, keep my commandments. You, you can't be a good Christian. You can be one. Really? And you, I, I saw somebody say, a uh, guy said something on uh, social media, said, well, are you Christ-like? Like, well, this ought to be interesting. Might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen, brother. He said, in his post, he said, Jesus didn't go to church, so if you're going to be Christ-like, you shouldn't go to church. Well, there was a house of worship called a synagogue he went to. It may not have been... You know, the first Baptist church in Jerusalem, or Jerusalem Independent Baptist, but it wasn't like he was down there at the soccer match. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I mean, people get so crazy. It's like, well, you know, give me, give me chapter and verse. Well, that sounds kind of spiritual, doesn't it? Give me chapter and verse. Well, give me chapter and verse where it says not to smoke dope doesn't say that right that gives us the principle right but you can't find chapter and verse for everything sometimes God gives us principles that we're not to harm the the temple right I won't go off into that because then I'll make some Baptists mad amen I know I will so they were dead they lost their usefulness can I ask you this have have you lost your usefulness? So, number one, the rebellion of the people. Number two is the resurrection. Well, that's good, right? I mean, if we stopped, if we stopped verse one and two, man, that'd be kind of depressing because they're all dead and in the valley and dried up. Hallelujah! They're man, they're the dried up independent Valley Baptist Church, right? That'd be kind of depressing if we stopped there. But he. The Lord asked him this question. He said, can these bones live? Well, he said, you know, Lord. Notice what he said. He said in verse 4, prophesy unto these bones. Say unto them, O ye dry bones. So notice, notice what he told them, what he told him to say. He didn't say, listen now, 
He didn't, he didn't tell him, said, now listen, just tell these old dry bones, it'll be all right. I know you look dry, but you're really not. Right? And the Lord understands that you're really not dry. Now, you may appear that way, but you know, God looks on the inside. Right? Man looks on the outside, so though man thinks you're dry. No, God said, you go ahead and tell these dead dry bones something. Man, you got to get, you want God to do something in your life, and I want even, you got to get honest with him. Now, I'm not, I don't believe in abusive preaching, but I sure believe in straight preaching. That's right? right? I, I've sat in a lot of services. Man, I, I just know this, but for when I'm right with God, you preach whatever you want to. I'm like, hallelujah. But when I'm not right with God, Brother Kenneth, you can preach John 3, 16. I'm going, I don't know who went and told him stuff about me. You ever been there? Preach on tithing, they're going, Who's he think he is talking to me about gossiping? Did anybody say anything about gossiping? That's called the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart. Right? right? Yes, sir. But he didn't tell he didn't tell Zeke said, Now listen, you go ahead and make them feel good and tell them something they're not. Right? He said, You just get plain with them, tell them the truth. And he said, uh, prophesied upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, is what he told them to tell them. Hear the word of the Lord. And thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, notice, I. Now, buddy, I'm going to tell you what. Right up until that right there, that doesn't look to me like there's much hope in it. But he said, I, the Lord said, I will cause. Not, not you work it up, not you figure it out. Not go to some conference, not go to some seminar, not go to this workshop about how to, how to have revival and revival. That's not what he's saying. He said, I'll cause it. You do what you need to do, but if revival really comes, it is God doing it. If, if a man gets saved, it's not, it's not your one, two, three, repeat after me. It is the Spirit of God that does it. It's not your program that does it. Now, now, I'm thankful. I'm glad that we've got some guidelines, right? But, but salvation is of the Lord. And if we're going to see revival, if we're going to see God do anything in these last days, it's not going to be some conjured up thing. It's going to be because we prayed and God said, I'm going to do it. So he said, I'll cause breath to enter into you and ye shall what? Live. That's it. But Marty, that's, a, that's the essence of it. I'll put breath in you and you'll live. When you see the breath of God, you see life. Right? You see God's breath in something, on something, boom, alive. I don't know about you, I want God's breath on our church. I want God's breath on our choir. I want God's breath on our preaching. I want God's breath on our outreach. I want God to do something where, where listen, where only he gets the glory. Currytown doesn't get it. The preacher doesn't get it. You don't get it. God gets all the glory. And we'll just have to say, he did it. He did it. Right? So, how, how are these people resurrected? He said, I'll cause breath to enter in. And I will lay sinew upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So here's what he said. How does the resurrection or revival take place, right? Well, first of all, verse 4, word of God. Word of God, word of God, word of God. Not your outline, not mine. 
I love good singing, right? I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not against God moving in. If He tells me not to preach, I'll step aside, right? But I'm, I'm going to the pulpit every service, plan on preaching, right? And it may not be. There, there's been times. I, uh, you other preachers, you go in there with a plan. God has things going in a direction. You go, okay. He'll say, don't preach that. I want you to do this. And may I say this? That's good. But that's a scary place to be. Right? See, he, he, he told us this. He said, he inspired Paul to write this to Timothy. He just said, preach the word. You don't, have, you don't have to be nifty, just preach the word, right? I'm not dumb. This is not the first message you've ever heard on this scripture. It may not be the, the second or third, it may be the hundredth. I'm not, I'm not like Brother Jimmy when I studied, I'm going, this is new. It's all right, doesn't bother me. The absence of God's word brings death. In dryness, we need more word, not less. Yes, sir. When you're dry spiritually, that's when you ought to come to church more. That's when you ought to go to revival every night. That's when you ought to spend time, more time in the Word, more time in the word of God every morning. We need more word, not less. Right? If something's if something's dead, right, and you're trying to revive it, that's like if someone's laying on the ground and they're not breathing. You don't say, "Well, listen, take more breath out of them." No, you put the breath in them. Right? So God's saying, listen, it's the word of God. Then in verse 5 and 6, it's the work of God. Revival's not the work of man. It is the, the work of God. It is the breath from God. That's what he said, the life from God. Everything put back together is by God. Families put back together. It's God doing that. Lives put back together. It's God. Churches reunited. It's God. Churches revived. It's God. Well, all this is God's work. He should get the glory, right? That's why it bothers me sometimes. We'll have we'll have revival, and somebody says, Who, "Who's preaching? Why does it matter? Why? What's the, you know? Well, I got a favorite preacher. Great, but we're not here. I mean, Brother Shane, I'm gonna pray and ask God, who do you want? That's, right. That's who we're getting." We're not going out finding the big names so we can draw a crowd. I mean, I, I, everybody's invited. I, listen, when we first started pastoring, I'd send flyers out and all this stuff. And, you know, you wanted churches to come. And I, I'm okay with them coming. I'm not against that. But we have revival for our church, for you. So whoever God has preaching... We're going to get him to preach, and if other churches and pastors want to come, I'm, I'm in favor. I'm, I'll invite them, and I'm thankful for it. But see, we're not doing this to, well, Currytown, boy, they, they got it going on. They had Brother So-and-so preach revival. Doesn't, I found this out. Those, those big-name preachers, before they, they put their spiritual britches on just like I do and just like you do. Right, I mean, the ones that I know that are really certain, they just love God, man. They, they, it wasn't like they were set out to make a name for themselves. God just used them. I, I'm okay. I don't care. Right? 
But see, it's got to be the work of God. So it starts with the word of God. It is the work of God. But notice in verse 6, why? For the witness of God. He said in verse 6, ye shall know that I am the Lord. That's the only way you're going to get saved. That's the only way we're going to get help is to know that he's the Lord. Jesus, Jesus is the head of the church, right? This is all about him, right? We, choir, we sing. Special singers, we sing. Congregation, you sing. For him. The audience of one. Man, I, I'm glad the choir can bless you, right? I, again, I'm not, but they're not singing for you. They're not singing for me, the audience of one. I mean, if we, if we get this in our head, even sometimes, Brother Adam, people want to sing a special. They go, well, I want to sing this song because it ministered to me. Well, good, listen to that in your car. But what you need to find out is if what I'm singing is bringing glory to him and is worshiped, if that's what, because we're not doing this to, this song meant a lot to me and I want to share it with you. Well, send them a text with that in there. If you sing, it ought to be, God, what do you want me to sing that would glorify you and bring honor to you? Right? That should be the standard of what we sing. Fellas, that's, that's what we should preach. Right? So, it is the witness of God. So, the resurrection or revival of the people in verse 3 to 6, but then... In verse 7 through 15, I won't read all this scripture, but you, you see the reunification of the people, right? Got all these dead bones, right? And God tells Ezekiel, said, can these bones live? He said, you know, you know, Lord. He said, all right, you, you preach the word to them. Give them the word. Tell them they're dry bones. Then he started taking... The, the different parts, and he started putting them back together, right? He took the humorous, put that in there. He didn't attach it to the ankle, I don't think. He probably knew where it went since he, he designed it. I'm just thinking, right? But he, he started putting all these pieces back together. And he said, I'll lay the sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you, in verse 6, with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live. So church, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that. Listen, that's why it's important. You still with me? Yes, sir. That's why it's important if God, if you prayed and God put you in this church, this is a, this is a local body of believers. There, there's a reason we call it the body of a local body of believers because we're functioning as an as an organism if you want to call it that I don't know if I would or not but but you have something God's saying you need to be in that church because they need that right I'm putting you there because they they need that there they don't have that right you don't need you don't need 22 pastors right you don't need don't need 75 piano players, right? Two or three is good because Miss Susan needs to take a break once in a while, right? So so when you look at it and you just sit down and go, I'm just coming to 
let the choir sing to me and him preach to me. Well, no. See, God has you here because there's something this church needs that you provide. Now, what is it? You come here, what is it, preach? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord, right? You got to find that out. But so he's taking these different parts, he's putting it together. What's he doing it for? Because he wants that body to live. He wants those bones to live. So in this reunification in verse 7, he said, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together bone to bone. And so what I'm, what I'm seeing here in verse 7 is the beauty of it. I mean, a, a church, think about this with me, all right? A church that loves God and loves each other and is functioning properly and is not complaining and not bickering and not gossiping and there's not a war going on in the house of God, which, let me say this, Brother Lee, it shouldn't be, but because we're all made up of this thing called flesh, if we're not careful, the flesh wins out over the spirit, right? I mean, when you, when you have a church operating like it should, like God wants it to, and people are, I don't, you know what, I don't know who said it, but I, I heard this quote, said, much can, maybe in Reagan, said, much can be accomplished when nobody cares who gets the credit. A lot can get done in the house of God if people aren't saying, that's my song, right? You didn't, you didn't write it. Isaac Watts is dead. You didn't write it, right? He didn't ask me to preach. He didn't ask me to teach. He didn't ask, he, they got to sing seven times in this year, and I only got to sing two. You can have my spot. You see? What? But when you look at people out there dying and going to hell in church, so we don't really, we, two things we want, people get saved, God get glory. And all of a sudden there's this beauty that's taking place. Broken pieces are put back together. There's, there's life out of lifelessness, right? People ought to be able to come to the house of God and feel, feel the spirit of God, right? They ought to know God's doing something. And then there's value where there was once void. All these dead bones are no value, but you put them together and there's a living being, right? And then there, there's bounty where there was brokenness. Now you've got an, a functioning, uh, you've got a functioning body that can do something where before all you had was bones scattered out. And then you have revival out of ruin. They're alive. God, God's going to breathe into this. Think about it. You went from a bunch of dead, dry bones in a valley, scattered out, to God taking them and saying, I'm going to take this and put it here. And I'm gonna put the sinew on it, and I'm gonna put skin on it, and uh, so now, now watch what I'm saying. So, the beauty of it is here's this body, and it's functioning, or all the parts are put together. A lot of churches, brother Chad, if we just get there, just get the just get the pieces in the right place, right? One thing to be on the right bus, but it's a whole nother to be on the right bus and be in the right seat. So then in verse 8 9, notice when I beheld the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above. 
But, uh-oh, there was no breath in them. So see what I'm saying? The church, it's one thing if everything's going good. Thank God for the choir tonight. Praise God. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers, the musicians. We ought to, we ought to thank the Lord for those things. But if there's no life in here, Brother Bart, we're just going through the motions. God doesn't show up. God doesn't breathe life into the church. We're wasting our time. Doesn't matter. Good service, preacher. Yeah, but was it, did anything come out of it for you? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you what I did. Went to church. Pulled the old lever down, cha-ching. Got my time card in, Jesus. Paping, perfect attendance on Sunday nights in 2023. That's what I'm going for. What'd it do for you? You say, well, the preacher didn't do much for me. And was that? Let me ask you this. Is that on me or is that on you? Is that on God or is that on you? So the breath, verse 8 9, the Bible said, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may what? Live. So there's the breath. There's no life without his breath. The breath of God brings revival. If you've never been a part of it, let me tell you what. There's been times, Brother Bobby, I've been in services, there's been shouting, and I remember the first time I ever stood up. Listen, man, I went to a church, everybody's real quiet. And I went to a camp meeting with the choir, we were working on a song, and I was sitting there, and the man of God was preaching. I was sitting there, and I was like, amen, amen, amen. Before I knew it, I was up. I looked around, I'm like, who is this guy? Right? It wasn't a conscious effort, I promise you that. But, I, you know, it's like sometimes, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not asking people to jump out windows and do, not do what God told you to do. But I think sometimes we think, if I get, if I say amen, I mean, that's, that's not who I am. Just obey God. I mean, that's, there's no life without his breath. Just, you, and by the way, let me say this, you can shout all you want to, Right? There can be fake shouting. And I've heard I've heard people, well, just shout on credit. I don't want to shout on credit. I want to come in here ready. Right? I, I want God to do something for me every time I spend time in the Word of God, every time I come to church. So the, reunif the reunification is the beauty. God's showing this beautiful picture of pieces that were destroyed, put back together. That's what revival is all about in the church. Right? That here's a group of people, and, and I'm not, I'm not naive. I know all of us coming in here tonight. We're not, we're not on the mountaintop with Jesus all the time. Some of you, let's be honest. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm saying I just know in a church, everybody's in a different place. There's some of you haven't been on the mountaintop so long, you don't know what a mountaintop looks like. 
You're down in that valley and you're, you're dry and you're almost these bones. There's just that little bit of hope left in you. If, if you well, how do you know that, preach? Because you wouldn't be here tonight. If you were completely dead, either you'd, just, you'd be here Sunday morning and say, I'm done, or you wouldn't go at all. So there's something inside of you. There's still something living in there that you're going, I might be close, but I ain't dead yet. And then verse 10 through 15, we won't go into the, you read it, uh, it, it talks about the brotherhood of the whole thing. said uh, that here they are, they come together, it's an army. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came in unto them, they lived and stood upon, up upon their feet, an, ex- an exceeding great army. Well, it's no, it's no uh, coincidence that when you look at the New Testament, right, we're called soldiers. You, you need, and I need, that breath of life to, to be the army of God, right? To go out and fight the enemy, because that's what we're doing, right? And so if you don't have that, what's going to happen is you'll get defeated, and then you'll be right back in that valley. And so, can these, can the bones live? Yeah. Sure they can. It's not over. Right? So are you discouraged today? No, not really. I mean, this. let me say this. This is not, Brother Matt, this is not the only time in the church age that things have been dark. Right? I mean, you ever, anybody ever heard of the Great Awakening? Well, again, let's, you can't be, you can't be awakened Unless you were asleep. And if you look at when the great awakening took place, it's a pretty dark time. You say, well, is there hope? Let's find out. I mean, just, I'm just, I guess I'm just to the point in my life that I'm like, you know, I just see the defeat in some Christians' eyes. I'm like, is this... Really, this is just it for you? You just tread in water till Jesus comes? You know? Well, you don't understand my life. You don't understand all I'm going through. No, I don't, but you don't understand what everybody else is going through. Right? I mean, you can, we can make excuses why we're not on fire for God. But it's up to you. Right? Can these bones live? Sure. Can you live? Sure. Can our church be on fire for God? Can your home? Can your life? Sure. Absolutely. But it's up to you. It's up to you. There's hope. But it's up to you. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Yes, Susan's coming. Maybe you need to come around the altar. Maybe you are. Maybe you're in that dry place spiritually, right? You just need to come and say, "God, I need help. I need some help tonight." I don't know where you are. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not the Holy Spirit, right? I'm not the Holy Spirit, so I'm not trying to get you to come. You mind God, but maybe tonight God spoke to your heart and says, "You know what? If you're not careful, you'll be like those bones." Maybe you are like those bones tonight. 
You just need to say, God, I need your breath. I need your breath tonight. Help me, God. Help our church. We want to be on fire for God. Maybe you're here tonight you never trusted Jesus as your Savior. Be a good night to do it, wouldn't it? Be a good night to do it. Jesus for loving us and thank you for the message tonight. I pray that it's been a help to your people and that you would send a great revival that we would seek after you. Thank you for loving us and thank you for hope in Jesus name we